Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Orbital Takes. Today is June 22nd. As always, I'm joined by my host, Mr. Space Flight Hub. If I must, how you doing, Pat? Doing great, Spo. I, uh, it is uh, like 100 degrees here. We are in the middle of a heat wave. I worked a youth baseball clinic outside today, so I am dying uh dying to talk about some space you know what i mean <laughs> that i don't think am i the first person to ever refer to you as mr space flight hub or what you, i mean i kind of just threw that out there you are you are but uh, i'll take it it's how, it rolls off the tongue kind of good rolls yeah, off the I tongue like, i like that how are you doing mr space with spo i'm chilling i'm chilling I had a great day in new york city and uh yeah we were kind of hyping up these topics via text so yesterday nasa came within 20 seconds of completing the full countdown rehearsal for the sls hours after a big delay caused by a primarily, uh, I think it was a hydrogen leak, and they were able to fully fuel all of the Space Launch System's propellant tanks for the first time, and uh, they were able to proceed to the terminal launch countdown, and that was the fourth wet dress rehearsal, uh, which is really just these tests that simulate the rocket launch without actually lifting off, obviously, and uh, yeah, they made it to T-29 seconds. They stopped around there. I think they wanted to get to T-9 seconds, but they said that uh, it was okay for now. I mean, this is really big news. I'm excited about it. I want you to kind of hype me up about the SLS right now because I was comparing, which I know we shouldn't be, but I was comparing Starship and the SLS before this, and I'm kind of just like freaking out right now. Can you just hype it up to me? Why should I be excited about this? Yeah. You're right. It's two different. It's apples and oranges almost, even though both are heavy lift rockets and both are going to take us to the moon. Uh, it's almost apples and oranges because the SLS program is, we've talked about it before, right? It's almost a jobs program because of uh, parts coming from all 50 states, right? The uh, There's just never going to be such efficiencies in a, a huge government program like that than there is if one company is doing it. So I don't want to compare the two, even though one could pretty easily compare the two. Um, but the this is America's next moon rocket, man. Like we are taking this literally to the moon. Okay, okay. Yeah, hey, yeah, come yeah. on, come on. This is the follow-on to, and you could nitpick this if you want, but this is the follow-on to Apollo, man. This yeah. is the, this is our, you're, you're and me, this is our generation's mm -hmm. moon program. Uh, we can, uh, like I said, nitpick it all we want. And there is a lot that you could nitpick as to the budgets and the being behind schedule. But this is what we have been waiting for for the last 12 years, you know, mm -hmm. since when, whenever Constellation was, was canceled uh, to see this rocket and to have it fueled up. And Artemis 1 is launching in the next few months. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things we'll talk about later is when we think that is, but yeah, man, like this is the first, this is, you know, the Apollo, Apollo seven, you know, yeah. this is the, the, the test of, of, of the thing. The next one will be our Apollo eight, you know, Artemis two. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's so surreal that it's finally here. Uh, one of the things that has come out recently though, is the, uh, pretty long gap in between Artemis one and Artemis two. Uh, but we can save that for another time. Let's get Artemis one off the ground first. How about yeah. that? You guys know here at Orbital Takes, we lock down these launch windows with pinpoint accuracy, right, Pat? I mean, on, on the record, what it's do you like Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill in the, <laughs> in the little window, just like so accurate. It's, it's pretty much a guarantee when we call a rocket launch in orbital takes, it's pretty much going to launch on that specific day. Pat, on the record right now, when will Artemis 1 take off? September. 
You got a specific date in mind or what? There is a launch window uh, calendar that NASA put out there. So I don't have that in front of me, but there is a launch window in September. And I, that's what I'm, that's my prediction is it'll be in the September launch window. I'll tell you right here. What do you think? September 3rd, Labor Day weekend, baby. Come on. Oh, man. Labor Day weekend. It's the first weekend in uh, September. Obviously, I didn't need to tell you guys that, but th September 3rd, I eyed that weekend just because they did say that. Okay, so they don't know if this test is a complete success yet. They're obviously saying right. it's a success. They're going through the data. They might need a fifth wet dress rehearsal, possibly. If they don't need that, then they can go ahead and launch Artemis 1, right? Right. Right. Yeah, correct. They, I think they completed uh, most of their checklist items. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a few more that they would like to have checked off, but aren't necessarily going to hold up the launch. So I think that's what they're evaluating now is if, mm -hmm. are we going to have this fifth uh, wet dress rehearsal? Um, you, you, we'll see because they, like you mentioned earlier, they were able to fully fuel the vehicle, which is a huge step forward yeah. uh, for, for the program that's not been done before. So mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I personally think that, so when you go on YouTube or when you go on Twitter, a lot of people are just pretty much pointing out the obvious that it's like, how can we be excited for something that is so expensive so far, almost, you know, with technology in the past and will ultimately in my mind be canceled for starship anyway. Right. Like, like at some point commercial entities will catch up to the SLS and the SLS will fall you know, into the past. Right. So in your mind, how meant, like, how smooth do you think this program actually runs in the future? And do you think that it will finalize to a point at some point? Yeah. I, I think that there's just too many contracts underway for them not to use SLS, but mm -hmm. I think you bring up a good point. I think maybe down the road in the Artemis program, they realize, Hey, this SLS, it can only fly once a year. Yeah. Um, you know, it, let's say five, six, seven years from now, Starship is flying once a, once a week or whatever the, oh, yeah. the crazy uh, rate that Elon said it was going to, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for the government to say, yeah, let's keep doing this, this over here. Uh, that being said, I really hope that the SLS is able to uh, overcome some of these challenges because it is um, it's like, if you squashed uh, uh, the Apollo rocket and the space shuttle, um, and the ISS programs all together, you get this SLS thing, yeah. um, which is pretty cool to see. Like, you know, all of our space programs have led to this point. Um, but that being said, your point is, is spot on. The commercial industry will catch up if it hasn't already. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that uh, down the road, uh, you know, I, I'm making this up, Artemis 5 maybe, uh, that has uh, the potential to maybe not use SLS as a launch vehicle. Mm -hmm. That's that, that's my orbital take. That's a great point. Thinking down the line, how crazy will it be to see like the full SLS in the NASA Kennedy Space Center and like some auditorium like hanging up because it's so big and I can't wait for that first launch. You're right. I'm excited about the first couple launches. Ultimately, I'll tell you what, I hate everything about this rocket. You know that, right? Like obviously it's not reusable. The, you know, it's billions of dollars per launch. The fact like everything about it, I, I literally hate everything about it. But I do think, visually it's going to be very pleasing to from a space pan from a space fan's point of view to just see this rocket go up right. to the moon for, with like some legacy systems i do see that i do see that right. by the way do we have to call it a wet dress rehearsal do you have any like other names <laughs> that you might want to call this like why do they call it a wet dress rehearsal uh yeah that's a great <laughs> uh dry run uh yeah, you know uh that but practice you know, prag yeah like yeah uh training camp 
you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, was, uh, I don't know why we call it that, but yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, I don't hate SLS as much as you do. I have a, <laughs> a, a good friend that works on the exploration upper stage and he worked on the core stage. Um, so I have been, you know, kind of on the fringes of learning about it for years now. Um, I can tell you that the people who work on it wish they could launch right now. Yeah. They wish they wish that there wasn't some of this government BS um, standing in their way. Uh, And, you know, it's not like the the people working on the Artemis program are, you know, dumber than SpaceX or or other space companies. Their Mm. their hand their hands are tied by a lot of uh, government uh, bureaucracy and 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 bullshit paperwork and all that kind of stuff. So um, I have a different take than you, um, but I certainly understand where you are coming from. Uh, It is frustrating, especially when you see SpaceX and Starbase, they erected stage zero uh, in like a year. And that is not only launching a larger vehicle, it's catching it. (laughs) So it's like, why can't our government figure it out? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pat, you know why I hate the SLS. You know why. You tell me why. What's the one specific reason that I fear Almost not even like I hate it. Like, why do I fear the SLS? What's the aspect of it? It's going to blow up. <laughs> well, that's a good point. No, I mean, it's the with no escape system. Do you mean Starship? Because SLS does have an abort system. That's SLS does have an abort system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Orion ah. capsule. They have an, they have a, uh, uh, if you look at the, the, the top there, uh, you have the Orion capsule. And we'll the pull thing it up here. Go, yeah, the thing that goes up there. It's, uh, yeah, they, they've tested it. Um, it's very similar to what the Apollo capsule, uh, how that escapes. Um, wow. so yeah, Starship doesn't have an escape system, although, uh, they would say that Starship, the upper stage is the escape system, but it, well, there you have yeah. it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to orbital takes live where I just became a SLS super fan. So there you go. <laughs> I honestly, that's that the, was only, the reason, only reason you hate it is because that's the only, a, I honestly well, thought did I just convert you to a, a, an SLS fan then I've been an SLS guy, you know, through and through Pat. It's just, you know, at, at some point it's kind of like, well, where's my fucking launch? Where's my launch? You know what I mean? Hopefully Fair, we'll get valid it. Valid point. Valid I'm, call, point. I'm calling it right now, Pat, September 3rd, Labor Day weekend. Lock it in here. All right, moving along here. So the Perseverance rover set out to find alien life on Mars, and it found human trash instead. So uh, (laughs) Percy was strolling along Mars and came across a piece of landing equipment from its own mission. They think it's part of a thermal blanket that uh, came from the descent stage, and it, it got stuck on this rock fragment. And at first they were looking at it like what the hell is that? And then they they finally think they found the uh, root of uh, where this came from. Let me also tell you, if you are not following Percy the Rover on all social media sites, on Twitter, Facebook, so like she speaks as if she's talking to us. And I like to quote uh, from a post on uh, the Rover's Facebook page that it wrote. It's surprising finding this here because my descent stage crashed about two kilometers away. Did this piece land here after that or was it blown here by the wind? And I think it's funny that this rover is just trying to talk to us through its problems right now. (laughs) So what are your thoughts on this? I love the Perseverance rover. My background here is, I don't know if you can see, where, where is it? There's ingenuity. How you doing? There's ingenuity. There it is. Yeah, yeah. My my fat ass is blocking it, so you're not going to be able to see it very well. Uh, I am obsessed with the Perseverance rover. Um, I, I love the uh, uh, almost freaking 4K uh, mosaics that oh, it's yeah. sending back. It really puts you in uh, in Jezero Crater. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny. So we are taking all these planetary protection 
uh, steps, right? You know, the, the hermetically sealed tubes that are on Percy's uh, caching system are like the cleanest things that humans have ever made, mm. you know, all this stuff. And then what do we find? We find a piece of mylar that <laughs> tore off. And <laughs> so it's like, well, there goes that planetary protection. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just funny that uh, yeah, we take all these steps and yeah. What, like, what are you going to do when the, the thing breaks apart in the atmosphere? Um, so that'll be interesting to, as we explore, you know, uh, Europa and Enceladus and other, oh, you yeah. know, I, uh, water worlds like that. Like we can't be having this stuff uh, break off because then that really could contaminate it. I don't think anybody's worried, uh, too worried about contaminating Mars at this point, considering how many different probes you sent and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was uh, a nice little find there. Can you imagine being on that team, like reviewing Percy's data and you see, <laughs> this, <hell> is this? <laughs> you see this shiny object in the distance because our eyes play tricks on us all the time on Mars. I mean, this is not the first piece of trash that we found either. So we're not right. only finding like human trash on Mars. Now our eyes are also playing tricks on us and it's very deceiving. I know there was this photo of this awesome circular rock on top of another rock that recently came out. So it's oh, like, yeah. if you're on this team, your heart has to drop a little bit when you see this piece of metallic shit on this rock. Like there's no way yeah. that they immediately thought that was from Percy. I mean, it, 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 they said it landed nowhere near it. I think you and I would think that, I think the, the team at JPL was yeah, like, yeah, you're probably right. yeah, like, you're right, you're probably right. like, Oh shit, that's a piece of mylar. How did that get there? Yeah. But so, you and me were like, how the hell did that get there? Interesting question. How much would, how much would Elon need to pay you to be a garbage man on Mars? I know in America, at least garbage men make decent money, especially in New mm -hmm. York City. The Department of Sanitation, New York City, you can make like 120, 150. I mean, oh how God. much how much would you need to get paid to go to Mars and start cleaning up shit? You wouldn't have to pay me anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just to guarantee me a uh, return trip, which is not a guarantee right now. But I said that. I'll do that for free. I said a return trip and a Twinkie, a return yeah. trip and a Twinkie. And I'm in <laughs> return trip. And, uh, uh, isn't a moon pie a little more appropriate here? Yeah. yeah something along. I mean, dude, Elon, <laughs> I'll clean up that shit for free. All right. Just get me on there and get me home safely before I'm 45. And I think you got two garbage men right here. Simple as that. Yeah. Your, your sanitation department right here. Orbital takes. <laughs> Hey, uh, can we quickly talk about the Jezero crater? Do you think that we're yeah. actually going to find signs of microbial life there? Um, for everybody listening right now, more than 3.5 billion years ago, they think that these river channels spilled over into the crater and scientists have evidence that they carried minerals over there. So naturally, this is where we wanted Perseverance to explore, right? It was once flooded with water and it had this river delta. We've believe if our calculations are right do you think that we're kind of hoping for too much here do you think that the Jezero crater actually hosted life one day so i think i think yes i think we will find um uh, if we're going to find it anywhere on mars it's going to be in Jezero crater because everywhere that we look on earth that is like Jezero crater crater we find life uh, so Jezero crater is a, it not only, um, it's a crater that had a river flow into it. And then it also had a, a river flow out of it. Everywhere we find something like that on earth, there's life there. So I'm not sure it's going to be on the surface. Um, I think if we are able to dig down, uh, even, a, even a yeah. little bit where there's not, you know, surface level radiations, uh, or surface radiation levels, um, then I think there, there's going to be signs of past life. Uh, I think if we go down far enough and, 
uh, where ice is, I think will my personal opinion is we're going to find evidence of current life of ex Ooh, extant life. Yeah. I, I, I believe that there is microbial life there. Uh, there's, I've listened to too many lectures, read too many papers and, and the, for there not to be um, yeah. because every like Mars and earth were same, same, but different, you know, uh, million uh, billions of years ago, uh, when life arose on earth, there's no reason to say why it wouldn't have, have arisen here on, uh, there on Mars as, as well. I totally agree. I personally think we came from Mars. I think we traveled by rock yeah. to rock. That's yeah. what I personally think. I can't tell you how many times I've had this daydream and night dream where I'm on Mars and I just have a shovel and I'm just fucking digging for whatever <laughs> I can find, like some uh, like post-apocalyptic like, like structure or something. I mean, I, why are we not scanning the entire planet? Or maybe we are scanning the entire planet for like structures underneath these sediments of minerals like i want to see like like what uh what's that uh sean discovery drain the ocean i kind of want to see oh yeah yeah like drain mars if that well yeah. it's already drained that, that you know oh, it's yeah, already, it's already drained, drained. But, <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like almost that like could be a pretty short tv show because it's what it currently is <laughs> literally i don't know why i said that, it's but... already it's like it's like super troopers he's already pulled over he can't pull over any farther you can't yeah, drain like, mars any more than it already is i literally just said drain mars when it's already drained i will never uh, be <laughs> forgiven for that but you know what i'm saying like take an x-ray of the planet or something you know see yeah. what's underneath the rocks and without having to dig which we will one day and i'll tell you what so garbage men on mars and diggers on mars two of the the highest paying uh space professions in, <laughs> in the near future huh uh did you ever watch breaking bad yeah i've seen a couple episodes here and there. i haven't seen the whole thing though so there's an episode where uh they're like digging in the yard and he's trying to get these guys out of out of the the house and he's digging in the yard and he's just digging and digging and the guy comes out and he's all high on meth and he's like he's like what are you digging for and jesse Pickham is like you know and the guy was <laughs> like oh yeah i do know and they both start digging and i can just see you on mars doing the same thing like what are you digging for yeah you you know <laughs> well so who was the first human to discover a like a tyrannosaurus rex head by accident probably either intentionally digging or accidentally digging i feel like it's going to be very similar on mars the more we dig the more we find the more yeah. our own story gets fucked up and we're not going to understand where we truthfully come from because even if we came from mars i don't even think life started on mars it probably started on a different planet so yeah that is a awesome segue for the recent news that China dropped on us this week, which went mega viral. Yeah. So China's fast telescope reports signal from aliens, and then pretty much immediately deleted the report. So the China FAST is the world's largest dish shaped radio telescope. This thing, Pat is fucking huge and it uh began a program to seek alien intelligence in 2020 and this year they're saying they have these suspicious signals from all these different stars around these exoplanets and then they immediately rescinded this story because i think they realized that of how wrong they were and how mm -hmm. silly they look to be honest i mean mm -hmm. i already know your thoughts but i mean what do you what do you have to say about this one yeah it's unfortunate that they let that leak because it got everyone super hyped. And it's like, actually it was just interference from earth. So yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of the Arecibo telescope, right. And the, from contact and Rest in peace. Uh, the, the, the poor one out for Arecibo. Um, I hope they rebuild that. Uh, I, I know there's a, a, a big fundraising campaign to, to try and rebuild it, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. That crash um, when it, when it fell down and it collapsed, that was crazy. Yeah, it's like, dude, that's that's Goldeneye, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we gonna film Goldeneye Part Two? 
No, just kidding. Um, yeah. So uh, the going back, so the the wow the wow signal just shows us that there are so many uh, different uh, wavelengths and and signals that we just don't know what what they are, right? Like, well, I don't think we we still have identified what that wow signal is. No. And we see fast radio bursts come in all the time now. Oh. At, at the at the at the time of the wow signal, it was. Uh, holy shit, what could this possibly be? Yeah, and now world, I think yeah. we, we, we realize that it's, you know, cosmic interference or, you know, something from earth or, or, um, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's unfortunate that they were uh, sounding the alarm bells uh, unnecessarily because I think when it, it finally, if, and when it finally does happen, people are going to be super skeptical of it because of all these countless times where we thought we found something and then nah, it just turns out to be, um, radio interference what are your what are your thoughts on it that's a great point i think the greatest part about this entire story is the update on all these articles so obviously whenever a space story like this goes viral it shoots out to every news publication and they all have the same update and it reads a quote up top it says the scientists involved in the research have now clarified to newsweek that they definitely have not found evidence of alien life and that the radio signals detected were from earth yeah no shit Honestly, no shit. And this is the problem. The problem is, is that in, in this particular case of what we're talking about, we're looking for signals from extraterrestrials, but in reality, we're finding a zillion signals from terrestrials. And that's the problem here. I mean, they're pretty much all of ours. And when you're going through these in the data, it's like impossible to figure out what's what. I mean, I, I love what they're doing. It's great. I just don't think that China is going to be first to find an extraterrestrial civilization. So now, Pat, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this orbital take. So Russia won the race to orbit. Mm -hmm. The United mm -hmm. States won the race to the moon. Mm -hmm. Who wins the race to find life? I'm going to say it's team NASA slash ESA, because I don't think we're going to be having Dimitri Rogozin tag along with us to Mars. Uh, no, he's a great I, guy. You know, he's great. No, yeah, he well, he doesn't want to fly on our broomsticks. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but and I don't think we're going to be partnering with China anytime soon. So I think it's going to be, you know, China um, with their little brother, Russia, tagging along them. That's 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 one team. And then the other team is NASA and ESA. And I think that they're going to find life first. Uh, and I think it could be in these samples that, that Percy is is caching. I know the, the Chinese have recently announced a sample return mission as well, uh, yeah. but it's, it's basically like going to land and it doesn't have any roving capabilities. So like whatever is around where it lands is the samples is going to get. Yeah. We, the uh, scientists at JPL are being so uh, deliberate and careful with the samples that they collect that say, hey, you know what? On Earth, this rock usually contains fossilized microbes. So let's drill into that as opposed to this rock where on earth it almost never contains uh signs. So, you know, they're being deliberate in, in that kind of, that kind of um, process. Whereas, like I said, China is just, you know, wherever they land, that's, that's the samples they get. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I say NASA and ESA. I hope it's NASA and there's two ways that this can go. I think it's either going to be us first, the United States finding it with the European space agency or some type of crazy event might happen where we all kind of find out at once, right? Mm. Maybe it's like a collaboration of just like, this This might sound crazy, but we're living in a year where it shouldn't be crazy anymore. What if a UFO comes down, Pat? What if these unidentified, air, like what if the unidentified aerial phenomenon 
is actually proof of life. And we find that through either materials or some uh, some classified briefings like that is very much on the table. Mm -hmm. And we're not crazy for saying that anymore. Like it's UFOs. It's not a matter of them being real or not. They exist. Now, are they extraterrestrial life or are they something from this planet? That's the ultimate question. I mean, it's very possible. Do you remember how crazy it was during the pandemic? Uh, you know, all this crazy stuff was going on in the world and just snuck in there that Congress was holding a UFO hearing and people were like, yeah, okay, what else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just the world we live in now. I've been screaming, Pat, I've been screaming UFOs since I was 10 years old. You can ask anybody. My old uh, username used to be Star Fox Defender. I'm a- I've been obsessed for UFOs since as long as I can remember. And it's just so nice that finally now I'm 29 years old and UFOs are finally being investigated by the U S government and NASA and NASA, baby, drop a bomb on that. Star Fox defenders also your Venmo too. So if anybody wants to give, <laughs> give, give Chris a little tip, Chris, you and yeah. I uh, can, can I get a commission of anything? That you yeah, that's what I'm saying. Trip? You know, send it over. We'll put it towards the pot. We'll put it towards our next trip, but uh, all right. That's all we got. Our Patreon. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's coming out soon, too. We're going to be starting a Patreon. We're going to be we're getting a website up and running here soon. Guys, make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. I just uh, launched our TikTok. We're doing great on TikTok right now. We could really use your support as well. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. And Pat, you got anything? Yeah, just keep following us on social media. You know, we're we're constantly trying to improve what we're doing here. So thanks for following along. Um, And at Astra. At Astra, baby. We'll see you guys next week. 